Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Inferno cast, episode 012. I, of course, am Inferno Fox. And joining me today, we have our regular cast and crew for a fun and interesting topic near and dear to all of our hearts, something that we just oh so love so much. But before we get into that, just want to go ahead and introduce our our wonderful cast and crew. First and foremost, we have Simbu Darkfang. He is our resident level five grandpa and a primary actor at Basement of the Dead in Aurora, Illinois. Simbu, thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, great to be here. You're uh, lucky PGA Tour is on a rain delay. So, you know, I got some time to squeeze it in. Excellent. Thank you so much. And hopefully not not too late for the uh, annual Wimbledon where you can catch tennis on the TV. Uh, And general reminder, Basement of the Dead, located in Chicagoland, specifically in Aurora, Illinois. They are having their big opening weekend this Friday, September 22nd. So check that on out if you're with if you're in the area. Uh, Next up, we have Storm Rose Sky of Twitch and YouTube channels, Storm Rose Sky. Storm, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Pretty soon, maybe I'll have the video that I've been promising to get up there up there but you know we'll see we'll see anyway back to you thank you for having having me i'm done (laughs) as they say in jurassic park real life finds a way to keep you from doing stuff that you need or want to do astromedes he is the a developer and co-owner of second place games thank you so much for joining us Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to be here instead of my soul-sucking software development day job that is not games. Yes, I have nothing clever to rebut that with. I have nothing because I definitely understand the soul-suckingness of the, the primary jobs. And you have a very cute kitty for those of us that are watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to it, sorry, you're out of luck. You can't see the cat. That's why you should catch us on YouTube at Inferno Fox Gaming so you can watch all of our live reactions. And last but not least, we have my partner and partner in crime, Jamie Owls. Jamie Owls, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'd rather be here than somewhere else. (laughs) Exactly. My, my, My thoughts, exactamundo. And go ahead and launching into our primary topic, which is microtransactions and the video gamers who hate them. Before we do that, though, pre-discussion topic, what are your thoughts with the whole unity and unity crisis going on right now? Because this has been made kind of big news as, as of late, specifically with unity itself charging its developers or platform holders like 20 cents per install and then them kind of back and forth and da 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 uh, Astromedes, I want to kind of get your opinion on on this first. What are your, what are your thoughts about this this whole uh, bow jazz here? Uh, well, it's, it is uh, kind of a developing situation still because I think now, time of recording, they've said in another day or so that Unity themselves have said they're going to put out another statement about like an additional revision to the policy or something along those lines. So we're probably going to see yet another kind of statement on this, but. In general, I think it was a big mistake. Um, Supposedly, I've not verified this myself, but executives at the company, including the CEO, uh, put uh, a bunch of, uh, sold a bunch of stocks 
before days before this announcement made this announcement the announcement was taken pretty badly i guess to state simply the the actual policy that they said they were going to adopt for developers using unity is that every in install of the game would uh incur a t- like a 20 cent fee as you said uh, inferno fox to the to the developer uh there's an immediate uh and negative reaction to this announcement with concerns about uh people download install bombing games uh people using botnets to even subvert like a machine id that they should be using to guarantee they only are hitting somebody once for the first install on the same machine or whatever so they've of course said oh we'll monitor for these things but they have not been very forthcoming about exactly how they plan to do so which probably means they don't yet have a complete plan or at least it's still developing but um it's a big mistake the the other thing i've been reading the last few days is people who work at big real game development studios unlike my tiny you know two-man studio uh that i just work out of my house in uh people that uh have they've Uh, These developers have said, apparently from at least a few different game companies, that Unity has approached them and said that they will waive or they'll offer between an 80 to 100% discount on the 20 20 cent install fee if these studios switch from using a competing ad network to Unity's own, uh, I believe, parent or owning company's ad network. Apparently, there is a lot of concern within Unity that their own packed-in ad network, ad plugin they provide with Unity isn't, by and large, what devs are using. Most devs are using a different ad network. So it makes me wonder if you know this whole thing is actually just sort of a push to force everyone uh, onto using Unity's ad network. And then I'd imagine what they do is they'll they'll let these you know initial big discounts expire and then also keep charge developers 20 cents per install. It seems like a huge mistake. There's already a ton of studios that have announced they're going to move off of Unity. There's weirder announcements like people will stop selling their games that are already released on March 1st. I want to say the Cult of the Lamb uh steam game i think falls in that category um other developers like the slay the spire developers who are i think they've said two years into development into their next their uh, slay the spire sequel and currently using unity are going to migrate it to another engine which will of course result in a massive delay to release of that game um interesting statements like uh i'm going to sell a limited release run of my games where there are only 199,999 copies available and no more installs can be had and therefore no fee with the unity terms i wonder if that's more tongue-in-cheek but point being like these and the slate aspire developers worth adding to they they said in this statement uh we this is the first public statement we've ever made (laughs) and that was what they said so it's definitely hit everyone the wrong way in terms of developers uh my kind of gut reaction when i first saw the announcement is that i i think unity is probably 
not raking in as much money as they would have expected from like a pure revenue share model when you reach a certain amount of sales, which I believe is the current uh, setup uh, Unity dev would fall into. Um, so I, they, and it's because there's a bunch of indie developers and a bunch of them probably aren't meeting that threshold. It's people that are making games to initially learn and play around and make games and then continue to use it because it is an engine that's gotten a bunch of uh, uh, beatings and improvements as a result result of all the people that have been using it so it's compared to a lot of things you know stable but uh yeah it's it seems like a really negative move overall um i can't see this winning a lot of people over i know like competing game engines like uh unreal have even made comments on their website you know making it extra friendly for unity uh devs to switch over to using unreal uh i i personally use godot godot is an open source engine that uh you can script in c sharp uh the same unity language it also supports some other language yeah and and this is really interesting too because and, and just as a, a pre-qualifier uh, for my audiences, when when we're talking about Unity, this of course, uh, and bear with me, I, I'm just getting a quick note that my internet connection was unstable for a second, but uh, hopefully I'll we'll, we'll be all right. Um, the Unity engine itself is literally like the gameplay guts of a game, like how a game runs. So if you play something like Forknife, Forknife is made by the company Epic, who also made the Unreal Engine. So when you hear somebody say something like Unreal 3 or 4 or 5, that's the actual guts of the, the engine itself. So like in a JRPG like Octopath Traveler, if memory serves, that runs on, on Unreal Engine, which is, you, you wouldn't think a pixelated art JRPG would, but that's that's the power of, of these. And examples of stuff that's uh, Unity Engine is, of course, games like, uh, and I, I'm just, I just did a quick Google, stuff like Cuphead, Ori in the Blind Forest. I, I think I saw something about uh, Hollow Knight. And then Nintendo games like, uh, I want to say Pokemon, uh, Diamond, Diamond and Pearl, the remakes. So this is something that will that would impact a lot of uh, the, these companies. And, and as, as Astromedia had said, the indie ones are especially uh, feel the pinch on that. When you're literally an, an indie developer like Astromedia and you're like part of a one man or two man or even 10 man team, getting that sort of you know pinch at, at the pocketbook is it, it's impossible and it's not sustainable so um, the other part that's really bad about the way they're charging the fee too is it's unpredictable so especially for like a small studio that you know has maybe a few employees where like they're really you know probably already have some pretty thin margins on everything now they have totally unpredictable whatever rate they get charged at monthly whatever it is you got this many installs this month and with no way of knowing as they originally proposed this deal you know like are these just reinstalls am i just be hitting hitting getting hit again something i can't control at all for exactly it's it, it it's 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 not a tenable thing. My my viewpoint on it is I feel like it, it it's Unity literally throwing the game uh, some something where they're for whatever reason they're 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 literally setting themselves up to fail. And so my whole thought, my tinfoil hat is asking the question why 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 are they setting themselves to to fail? But 
but before we move into the main topic, um, any other thoughts or opinions on uh, the, the whole unity stuff with the, the rest of the cast here? Is it, is this all going to start taking place early next year? Is January 1st, 2024 is when they okay. said this will take effect. Yeah. Could that be a possibility of a strike? Mm-hmm. I mean, the the what's happening is almost the equivalent of a strike for mm-hmm. like because basically a bunch of people are are saying you know we're not going to use this engine anymore meaning we're not going to give yeah. unity in any way shape or form any money so that's it's it's more like a boycott actually because yeah, it's more like that's... a product okay. so it's like a, a boycott is kind of already happening almost and it's funny it just it's showing that perhaps you know there there are boycotts in video games that that could work except these devs doing it so it's yep. maybe a different story <laughs> yeah again you're talking devs like what couple maybe a couple hundred thousand at most versus you know a multi-million player industry if not billion player industry if you know let's say everybody boycotted Fortnite, you know all players well that's a sizable strike right there because now you're real not not only are you you know you're putting those uh concurrent player counts to pretty much nothing but you're also hitting epic in their pot in the pocketbook and everything like that so that's going to drive up a real big um a real big stink right away and it's going to be an immediate like okay what are we doing wrong versus you know as with a you know uh let's say out of 200,000 devs that use unity of course this is just approximate numbers i don't know the figures but it's let's say it's 200 than that but but you're you're right that obviously the number of unity devs is way smaller than number of players of any big game essentially right so if you say like for example if there's 200,000 unity devs okay and again these aren't the actual numbers so don't you know, cancel me in the comments for this, but for example, 200,000 unity devs and let's say only 50,000 devs decide to strike. Well, you still got 150,000 devs that are still running unity. That's, you know, Unity's going to be like, okay, whatever, you know, it's, well, it sucks. We lost that little bit of a quarter of our uh, thing, but we still got three quarters of it paying, paying into and buying into this. So those other quarters will come back around because guess what? They don't know how to use Unreal or, you know, another dev program out there. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely people who still stay married to it. I think what's kind of funny about it is I think the people the people most likely to migrate necessarily are the people who are making the most money and therefore would have given Unity the most money. And one of the statements that Unity had said was, oh, don't worry, this is something we're going to charge the platform holders, meaning Steam, Nintendo, Xbox. PlayStation. And so if that's the case, then you're going to have those uh, platform holders just literally delist any games made by Unity and that will anger the devs. And then that'll, of course, hit Unity's pocketbook that way, which I mean, realistically, that, that probably won't happen unless they actually Unity actually did that. But uh, as Astromedes had said, we're going to be getting some more news from them because they're, it sounds like they're ready. They're, they're get, I mean, it's 2023. They're getting ready to start their apology tour because that that's what you do. Uh, 
you know, like you, you do something wrong, time to go and do the apology tour across the, the country so everybody can hit the positive like so you don't get executed. And, and then uh, try to still do that thing, which is like ultimately what I think they're going to try to pull here is like they'll walk yeah. it back a bit, they'll walk it back a bit, but they're still going to try yep. to do it. And that was uh, like in our offline conversation uh, that we had, that, that was my, that was, I believe that's what I had kind of pretty much uh, alluded to was that, yeah, this is 20% per install is going to be the ultimate goal at some point. They're going to go ahead. Okay. Well, we're going to go back down to a 5% in a 5% in per install and we're going to put a capper on it. You know, we're going to put a soft cap on it. If we notice that the numbers are hitting, you know, really high, real fast, then we might lower that cap a bit. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that it's going to, regardless of what happens, this is Unity showing their end game by mistake. Mistakenly showing their end game because this is where they want to be and not yeah. knowing how to properly announce it. The other, like, and this is, you know, the last thing uh, I'll dwell on with this uh, if we want to move on, but uh, the other kind of, like, really outstandingly negative part about this is it shows that Unity's willing to basically change the agreements out from under the devs after they've made them already because you can they're like there's a current subscription uh like unity pro where you can pay a certain amount of money and it will make it i don't know anything about the details of the arrangement but i know it, it essentially amounts to like you will pay less when you hit that threshold or we raise the threshold in a way to where if you pay us the subscription fee we probably won't charge you as much in terms of the revenue share um, but now they've said, oh, these plans will all expire. And unless you do something, you will automatically be migrated on to this new plan, which is it's it's the whole we're not technically changing the deal out from under you. But that is exactly what we're actually doing uh, approach. Exactly. You know, and again, it could be something simple. And, and now we've seen this happen before. OK, mysteriously, the service goes down. The online service goes down, like their their website, like a website goes down or something. When you're supposed to on the day or the day before, you know, um, fill out and renew your subscription or your policy or whatever kind of thing to where, oh, guess what? Well, you weren't able to renew on that day of. Well, shucks. Now you've been migrated over to the new. Uh, you're not grandfathered anymore. That's pretty well, shady. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it has happened before. You know, almost, I mean, th th that's a page right out of the Comcast uh, playbook right there, my friend. <laughs> or oh, I'm sorry, Xfinity. Xfinity. We have to use the proper names. Xfinity playbook. <laughs> and and uh, speaking of despicable companies and despicable game companies, segues us right to our wonderful topic of microtransactions and specifically microtransactions in video games. Uh, so they, it's essentially microtransactions, of course, what they are, are essentially trading real world money for like virtual goods. And this real world money is often converted to like an in-game's virtual currency before it is then traded for said goods. And these can include buying items outright, such as skins from Epic's Fork Knife, to even buying chances to get items based on a random number generated system, which the latter, of course, called a gotcha system. One of the first known games with microtransactions, and Astromedes will get a kick out of this, 
Double Dragon 3, the Rosetta Stone for the arcades. In there, mm -hmm. players would pump quarters into the game when they re reached the in-game store to be able to buy upgrades, characters, moves, and, and other stuff. <laughs> I didn't know about that. That's wow. Crazy. For an arcade <laughs> game. That's insane. Yep. So what year would that have been? Double Dragon 3. That would have been what, like mid-90s or something? Or it was 90s? like 1992. Oh, okay. Wow. So the 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 start of microtransactions in the current era of gaming could be linked to a term that a number of us know quite well, horse armor. Hmm. So that, this, of course, <laughs> for uh, Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, which was leaked today is getting a remake. The original released March 2006, where players could purchase armor for their horse and in a, in a horribly expensive cost of $2.50. But from oh there, the floodgates opened with companies like EA following suit with their 2008 release of The Sims 2. With the rise of social media and mobile gaming, in, the, in like in that era, you had games like Farmville, The Simpsons Tapped Out, and Clash of Clans. And then microtransactions pretty much from then on have really been a staple for like many video games, even Nintendo games with the likes of their mobile titles, Switch games, even like Super Kirby Clash and Pokemon Unite. And I feel like in this day and age, instead of having a cheat code, you then just do a DLC or like a, yeah, like a, like a microtransactional, uh, they call it DLC, but it's a microtransaction to buy maybe 30 elixirs or something like that. Like that's, that's the, the new thing. And I, my, one of my, some of my favorite RPG series uh, made by Nihon Falcom and being like the ease series and uh, trails of cold steel have that. So anyway, history lesson over, we're going to get back to the discussion with the team and I'm going to have uh, Astromedes lead on this first question. And it, of course, is why do game developer developers opt to have microtransactions besides, of course, wanting to suck? Well, the there's there's a few different reasons. I mean, as you described, like the horse armor situation, the motivation there would have been, can we get away with this? Will will people bite? Can this be a thing where we just get more money? Because in that game, that falls in the category of games with microtransactions that you also pay full price for. Um, so the other, so like one, so obvious greed, I would say is one reason this is often like the biggest studios. This is the reason they're including microtransactions. Um, the other reason, which has, I would say this reason has evolved out of, you know, since the advent of these microtransactions and mobile to me, microtransactions and mobile combined created a world where, People expect games, it's sort of an issue, software in general, but games in specific, I would say, people kind of expect games to be free on certain platforms like mobile. There is now just an expectation that on mobile your game is free. So another reason to do microtransactions could be that you think you won't sell many copies of your game by comparison to money you could make on the back end more unpredictably with microtransactions if you just let people start playing the game. And that there's both a kind of, you know, 
good natured and bad natured kind of way to go down that path. The one path is like, basically I'm only doing this because uh, I still want to make some money from this game. And I just don't think uh, my small game where I don't have a big marketing budget to drive people towards it. I don't think I can get people to stomach paying even a couple dollars for this, whereas maybe people would play it if they can install it for free. And then you try to not be gross about the way you make your microtransactions. You have generally, I'd say the most straightforward and kind of like totally acceptable microtransactions to me are ones that just add content. Make a transaction, get three levels and five abilities and a new character or whatever. Like that's, that's, that's okay to me because you know, you know exactly what you're getting. It's straightforward and it's not going to run out. Like now the other side of the coin, the way to do this is to make really gross microtransactions that are actually designed to be gross, meaning you capitalize on uh, human psychology and addictive behavior. You offer these microtransaction purchases at times that your uh, team of gross psychological study focused marketers have identified are the best times to present a, an option to buy a certain thing. You do the math such that the amount of like grinding or like non, uh, non pay, non real money currency that a user, uh, it will take them, you know, a, a thousand hours grinding versus, you know, the $50 you charge them to buy it or whatever. Like, so basically it's like, I, I feel like microtransactions themselves have created a situation where it's the, I'm really, all this is really just focused on the mobile market in particular, you know, full disclosure. I released my Android game Horde Lord for $1 on the Android store this was in 2016, maybe something like that. When I released this game, I sold now, you know, quality of the game aside, which I don't think is the best game ever or anything like that. You know, I'm sure there's more reasons, but you know, I got about 40 installs at a dollar a piece. Uh, I am actually right now remaking the game and I'm going to re-release it for free. I don't think I will put microtransactions in it. The one thing I've considered doing is have a basically just open-ended, like this gives you maybe a hat and a one-time $5 thing or whatever dollar you want to throw a dollar or $5 at me for making this game go for it. But I'm not presenting this as really like game content or anything. It's just a way for you to give us money. So those are like the things I'm considering, but yeah, in general, microtransactions have created a whole new world in terms of games on the, the one other, yeah. The one other category is like, even though this is a thing now, yeah. Games that charge you full price, and then also have any form of microtransactions in there. Again, with the caveat being, if it's actually a very straightforward thing that would be released as kind of like a standalone, they're not standalone, but a, a content focused package of content you could buy for a set price. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I didn't even cover, but I'll just throw out there, as you mentioned too, stuff like gotcha mechanics, where it's, you know, a roll the dice. Are you going to get anything at all or anything at all that is worth worthwhile to you? I should say, I'm sure they're rarely brave enough to actually offer nothing as a possible reward, but you know, they'll offer you that thing you already have a hundred of that's not worth anything uh, that you just paid $5 for a chance to get the thing you really wanted. Yeah, and, and I'll I'll touch on the the gotcha train in a in a little bit later, but uh, 
want to kind of ask the, the next follow-up question. Simbo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to posit this one to you. Are there any feasible positives at all for a player to have a game with microtransactions? Is there anything, anything good you, you could think of uh, where it's a, it would be a good scenario? Well, when it, when it comes to the microtransactions um, and a- Astromedes hit, hits this, you know, pretty, pretty hard on the, the head here with uh, if I paid $70 for a game. Okay. And let's say it's a PVP game. Okay. Which is player versus player for anybody who may or may not know. Um, if I can sit there and go and play thousand hours to get something, but you know, somebody can, you know, who has the, the capital to do it, you know, just goes and rolls, 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 and, or it's just straight buys all these, you know, legendary items. Well, if I'm just starting out there and there's no sort of um, leveling, like le- uh, capping um, matchmaking, you know, then there's not much incentive for me to play to want to continue the game, and I just feel like I wasted seventy dollars. Now, you know, games like Diablo Four that introduced, uh, you know, heavily introduced microtransactions. Um, you know, of course, it's for cosmetic, you know, cosmetic things like horse armor. You know, um, cosmetics for, sorry, cosmetics for your armor to look different. You know, it's trans, mm-hmm. it's transmog stuff for your armor. Um, as well as out of left field, they introduced a, a battle pass now for Diablo four, which is by God, it is, it, it's not worth it. And if I didn't have it because I had pre-ordered the like ultimate edition thingy, I wouldn't have wasted money on it. Um, Again, that's that's one of those where it's kind of a gray area for the horse armor in that sense because it doesn't give you anything, but it's like Fortnite in that sense. It doesn't give you anything, but it makes you able to express yourself. And, of course, they don't shove it down your face, down your throat for the, the horse armor or the skins or anything like that in Diablo 4 because... You have, you know, you have to go to your your pause menu, and then you have to go over to shop, and then it brings it all up. There's nothing that consistently pops in and says, "Hey, check the shop, check the shop." The only time it really sticks in your face is when you first boot up and you're in the the main lobby where you're selecting your character. Then you see, you know, play or shop. But again, it don't shove it down your face. However, like the same token, that battle pass not worth it. I don't think Diablo Four is going to have a worthwhile battle pass because the game punishes you for playing it like an open world RPG. And we can discuss this another time. I'm not going to go off on the tangent here. Um, now where microtransactions, I believe are the best and where they really do belong and where the devs have figured it out. And the companies really know what they're doing is in games like Warzone, Fortnite, fall guys, rocket league, um, you know, Warframe, things like that. These games that are come out free to play. Now, this is where the microtransactions are bet are are for them, you know, realistically, because they've given you a game for free. This is how they're making their money. And instead of 
using the model of, well, you come and pay us $70. Okay. Or in the case of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, you have a $40 game at launch. Okay. You have to pay us $40 at launch. It's basically a, we're going to let you try the game. And if you like it and you keep playing it, eventually you're going to spend some money on the game or you spend nothing at all. It, it, those are really excellent points and it really gives you that opportunity to to try before you buy and and if you tried it you didn't like it you can move on to the next thing um, well, and, and especially ca- now uh, real quick um especially now with um game trials becoming a premium subscription only service yes like to test to test drive a lot of game a lot of games coming up Unless the dev makes them a free trial, like you can try on the beta or something, you got to be on a premium subscription to your live plan, your PlayStation premium to get game trials or anything like that. Um, Or, you know, be lucky if the game has a demo. And even then, the demo may or may not be even indicative of what you're going to incur with the final game because the demo is generally what the devs are going to use to tweak the game. Yeah, and or judge, judge player count to see whether or not it, it, it's going to interest them. Or one of the very few times Square Enix is being good guy Square Enix, they, they say, okay, you you play, download the demo and you can play the first chapter. And then if you decide you buy the game, all the work you did to get the first chapter goes towards the, the rest of your gameplay. Hey, that's that it's cool when they do that. Because then if you, you yeah. got into the game playing the first chapter, then but they're happy because you bought their game and you're happy because your your work carries over. Uh, but, or you could do Diablo 4, what they did, and you can download the beta, play the beta. What what they, Diablo did do, though, they stated that all characters would be null and void once the beta ended. So they were very upfront about that. But again, you download the, data, the beta, which you have to download the full game at 80 gigs. And then when the game comes out, guess what? You have to download the game again. Which is garbage for, especially for a lot, a lot of individuals in like rural parts of the country when premium internet con- connectivity is, is is at a premium. But but it, we we kind of digress. I kind of want to have a general question, um, especially I'm gonna uh, Jamie Owls, I'm gonna tag you on this question, and I, I kind of I actually I want to hear from everybody here. Uh, Jamie Owls, uh, you first, of course. What games have you played that have had microtransactions in it? Really, the only one that I played is, of course, The Sims. Yes, <laughs> those are my games that are displayed there. Um, with The Sims, um, I don't play them religiously, so usually I wait once a year, usually around Black Friday when they do like a big sale on the Square Enix website. If I wanted, uh, to... I'm sorry, that's the Sony PlayStation site. Uh, oh, they have it on the PS5. Yeah, excuse me, the Sony PlayStation site. Um, uh, I only download like a couple when they're on sale because usually with the content, um, when I'm playing like one of the expansion packs, like I said, I don't play them religiously. So it's just like I rather download a few play through them, play through like the new content, the new um, aspirations that they have in there when you make your character. And then I wait a year until I decided to to download like a new one. Because honestly, like if 
I'm happy to play The Sims and I'm constantly have to download or buy new stuff. Like that's just to me a lot of money to spend and I don't have that money to spend on buying new stuff for The Sims. And and you're right cuz like the, the regular Sims upgrades uh are like 10 bucks each and then the the full packs are like 20. So when you snag them on Black Friday it's it, it cuts the price in half and ends up actually being a pretty good deal. Yeah. And, and funny enough, this is a physical copy of the game. It actually became free to play recently to where you can download the game for free and play it. But then if you want additional stuff, then of course that that's when you, you pay our good friends at EA. Uh, you know, if, <laughs> if anything, they're, they're quite notorious for the microtransaction, but uh, storm, how about you? What games have you played that have had microtransactions in them? Well, <clears throat> there is the Sims. I've done that one and recently I've played that one. Uh Fortnite. Let's see. I especially some of the mobiles. Um, those are the worst ones for me. Um, because I don't like the the pass or whatever that Words with Friends has, because it allows you to the ability to buy a power up that makes your tiles worth more. So all of a sudden, you know. How are you really will? How are you really winning? You're not winning by your actual skill. You're winning by you have money to spend to buy your ability to beat me now. So well paid is what I would always say to myself when a player in Hearthstone with many many legendary things beat me. <laughs> yes, yes, I'd like Instead that. Instead of well because... played, well paid. And yep. the obvious term, pay to win. Yep, and Disney is the worst offender um i have disney blitz on my phone it's kind of like a uh, bejeweled whatever and i've had it for years but if there comes a time when they have certain challenges that you can't do anymore because you need this certain emoji thing to use this character to use for whatever and you have to buy him for diamonds and those diamonds cost real money and they're crazy stupid expensive for fake money that you invest in this stupid game so they're doing it with their dreamlight valley and all of that crud um you know what the you can buy packs of their fake money so you can use that currency the fake currency in their stores it just i don't understand it um wanting to buy the fake money for fake clothing um, i guess i do it in fortnite but whatever i have played the <laughs> demo versions in uh you know of dreamlight valley and the switch <laughs> and playstation so just hey, yeah those are my I, my uh things with it i i did want to um i i'm currently playing and i'm probably about what three four days in now to dreamlight valley i did buy one of the founders packs um and so far uh i can say that the the fake money has only i've only seen it able to be used for like cosmetic purposes or they're like season pass thingy i haven't seen anything that would like give you like better items or anything like that um, it just looks like purely cosmetic, but of course it's a single player game similar to Animal Animal Crossing. But 
Yeah, and and it's probably a thing where it endears itself to individuals who ha- who are the must have Disney hardcoreers where they want to uh, oh there that, that's my property oh look it's Little Mermaid you know you, you just got to get everything with that when that one comes out and so that's that's how I, I'm assuming Disney or really any other corporation would get you in 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 that type of a a scenario. Um, Simbu and, and Storm, I, I'm going to bug you with a fork knife question shortly, but Simbu, just you in particular, what, what games have you played that have had microtransactions besides, of course, fork knife? Uh, well, Dreamlight Valley. Uh, God, hold on, let me put my glasses on. Look at my game. Turn and look at my games collection. Um, <laughs> fair, the fairy tale game. Um, ah! God. Like disappeared for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, you know, Life is Strange. The Life is Strange series technically is a microtransaction game um, because they give you episode one and then you have to buy the rest of the episodes. Uh, I mean, Disney Dreamlight Valley, Disney Speedstorm. I tried playing Tower of Fantasy. I stopped playing that. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's a if I really went going through, I could find them, but you know, I'm not going to spend the next probably 40 minutes going over all the games that I played that have microtransactions in them because we'll be here all night. <laughs> oh man, um, did you do Star Wars Battlefront too? Wasn't that the 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 the, the notorious one? I did. Um, I did play it. However, I played probably like three matches and said this is not what I was expecting and hoping from a Star Wars uh, battle game because I would load into a match and just get wrecked every time I would spawn in. Just wrecked, wrecked, wrecked. And I'm looking at the other players in the game match and I'm a level one and they're like level 50. And I'm like, okay, cool. Dude, that's not fair. That sucks. That, 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 that's an attestment to their poor uh, skill matchmaking engine, but also probably there, there's a lot of buy-in that, that with the loot boxes and everything with that too. Probably more the former. I, I mean, really. Um, well, Astro- again, when you're talking like 50, I think it's like 50 on 50 PVP or 25 on 25 PVP. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of hard, especially because by the time I started playing it, it was kind of pretty much on that. Uh, Astromedes, so. uh, you, you had mentioned Hearthstone. Uh, any other of these uh, pay-to-win or just microtransactional ones? Um, I don't tend to play a lot of games like that, but I, I also played Marvel Snap, um, which also has microtransactions. Marvel Snap is kind of interesting because it has a system where it calls it all cosmetic upgrades, and they sort of technically are, but like to keep getting more cards and stuff. You keep needing more of those upgrades. To be fair, you also just earn them by playing. I I played Hearthstone on and off for years, um, and I never paid a dollar. I never paid anything to play that game. Um, I played Marvel Snap for you know a few months, basically, um, and I also never paid anything uh, to them. I did there's a game i mentioned before dawncaster a single player uh, mobile uh deck builder game uh it's it's not freemium it's five dollars to buy it 
it's the only things it offers in game is essentially like small content packs and for between two and five dollars you can buy like additional levels that like replace the existing levels in the game essentially which you can decide to add randomly or pick every time you go down that path uh uh, additional cards there's a ton of cards already in the game of course the deck builder of course there's new cards so there's like maybe five or so content packs and i bought one of those after playing the game being much more interested in than i uh, thought i would be but i think that's completely reasonable so i've invested maybe not quite ten dollars into this game that i at this point have put a lot of uh hours into um I I play the Hot Wheels game a bit because I was able to get it on a really good sale. Um, I remember seeming like there was a ton of microtransaction content in that game. I didn't really play it long enough to get a great sense of that. But the thing that sort of grossed me out about that game is that the game normally when not on sale, and it's pretty rare that it actually goes on sale, uh, goes for about $60 or so. I know it's available on, um, I don't know, some of the like live services you pay for, uh, some of the subscription services. I know that it might be available on some of those or was or whatever. Um, but that, that one seemed like a kind of like very cash grabby game the game itself seemed pretty all right from what i saw but yeah that's probably the the most the game i have the most experience the most time in with microtransactions would be hearthstone the other kind of interesting thing i noticed about the microtransactions in that game is they you know they changed over time because i started playing it pretty early on i think um and uh, i played it for maybe two years or so uh and over t in the beginning, I think pretty much the only there were some random cosmetic upgrades and then you could buy more cards, which were just packs of cards. Over time, they actually added sets that give you guaranteed you get these cards. So it's like you're sort of buying more of like a deck or a build like right off the bat uh, with sets of cards, which I don't think is actually a bad thing. It's really neither good or bad other than like the, the other trend I did notice. They added an additional currency type. So now there are two currency types, virtual currency types within Hearthstone. And I don't even understand what the difference was. I don't play it anymore. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how those things change over time in a game too that does offer microtransactions, especially a long-lived one. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a uh, the sort of being able to uh, morph the the overall game gameplay and the whole microtransactional schism, and how some games can go from pay and then it just have that as an extra thing kind of what and then become free to play like sims 4 or just be a thing where it's free to play and then be morph into like a full game though that latter example i'm guessing is probably one like like you you kind of sort of buy in into it as it's developing and and maybe the 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 microtransactional stuff helps to to continue development um, for me personally, I, besides fork knife with, with, uh, storm and Simbu here and, and Jason, the 13th, uh, I've really I, I played into clash of clans. Although the more that I played that, the less I even thought about doing anything, uh, and it really did anything microtransactional because the, the microtransactions really got a quite egregious where like you want to use uh the in-game in transaction uh 
the the in-game currency called gems it takes like a week for some literally a week human time for something to upgrade but you pay 1800 gems for it to finish right away and that's basically like twenty dollars it's not a feasible scenario whereas yeah just for somebody who's like 12 20 levels higher than you to come over and destroy your base and then you got to fix it Right, right, and then of course the, the <laughs> game automatically fixes everything, but you've lost about thirty percent of your resources, and it's like and you, you it. probably had to buy a pack of you know two or three thousand gems and spend your eighteen hundred, and then have a weird leftover amount, of course, because that's what they love with those virtual yep. currencies. And then oh, yeah. maybe, maybe you pay for a week long shield to hopefully hold the amounts because you're that close to getting being able to afford the the ten million gold upgrade. Uh, and then, of course, the other game, which I am uh, very uh, not happy with myself with the microtransactions, is uh, Final Fantasy Record Keeper, which is a very good JRPG, uh, like a active time battle turn based sort of a, a game. Where, but it take, took the battle system from my favorite Final Fantasy, that's the sixth one, but said, "Hey, let's." take that and the aesthetic of it and throw in all of the final fantasy characters. So I'm, I'm, I'm all like Jojo, the idiot monkey boy. Cause I see all of my characters and everything like that from my favorite series. And you do all these battles and it changes weekly and all this stuff. And yeah, I, 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 and that, that of course is a, it was 99% a first player experience and like an idiot, and I, I I wailed pretty hard on that, and um, I am sober on Final Fantasy Record Keeper for a little over <laughs> three years, and that that's a gotcha game. And uh, so kind of moves into my next question, um, and it, it's gonna I'm gonna answer for myself, and then I'll open it to you guys. Uh, just like what sort of tips you'd give to someone who's stuck on the gotcha train for their favorite games that they play that have them. Uh, one of the things that I fell into is the sunken cost fallacy, where if I put it, put money into the game, I like, Oh, I already put money into it. I have to keep playing it. I have to keep playing it because I already, I put this much into it. I put this much into it. I have to keep playing it. The reality is even though I sunk in, let's say $500 and that's nowhere near how much I spent, uh, $500 into the game. If I stop now, then that prevents me from putting in another $500 into the future. So therefore I save $500 by quitting now, not to mention the, the sunk time cost too, where I, uh, maybe I put in a hundred hours into this game again, not even near enough as much time I actually put into the damn game. I, I could be saving another a hundred hours by not putting more time into that and where I can invest that in other games that, that I, that I could be playing. So it's a thing where it, 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 and if there's somebody that's so deep into it, because this game uh, I've read store stories and Jamie Owls pulled up stories for me to help me where individuals have sunk 10,000, 20,000, $30,000. There are people it. that went bankrupt. Yes. From playing those yep. games. Yes, and like thirty plus thousand dollars into this game, uh, you into Final back. Fantasy Record Keeper, to you know all all this stuff because you just oh I'm already in this oh, I'm a, I got to get this item I got and it's a thing where it's like you don't have to get it, learn to let go and if you're that if you're if you can't do it yourself it's always okay to seek help there there are 
are services like Gamblers Anonymous and, and other things like that, it is okay to seek help. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you go to somebody and say, hey, I need help, and that person doesn't want to help you, find another person that's on that other person you sought help for, that's not on you. Definitely f- seek help if you, if you need it. Uh, what, what about you guys? What what would what sort of tips would you give someone stuck on the, the gotcha train? I mean, just I just stay away from sports games. Don't start playing Madden. Don't start playing NBA 2K. For God's sakes, uh, my 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 mine and Jason the 13th's cousin, he plays NBA 2K 23. He goes online and he just gets torn to pieces by people that have like epic legendary super rare unique teams and it's well guess what to get it's a it's a 2k23 so there's a 2k24 coming out very soon actually if it's not already out um so all that time and money or all that money you just spent on that game that's what they do they get you with the next iteration they get you next year because all that 2k23 stuff Maybe a little bit transfers over to 2K24, but not all of it. And to that point, I've heard uh, FIFA is the same way, where as seasons go along with FIFA, people often buy and move around people into the teams, and that costs money. That costs money to do that within within that. And I've heard a lot of stories of people who have had like, wait, wait, like two generations back with the Xbox 360, where they would just have two or three copies of fifa and that's it that's all that's all that they do and they they have and personally uh, at one of my previous positions recently a number of people have said oh you're into video games that's great uh, yeah i play i play fifa oh yeah i play fifa and then like that's all that they play so um i would Astro- also suggest i'm sorry i would also suggest like just keep a limit on it like maybe spend if you spent like already $200 and just strictly only spend $200 don't try to give in to all the other features or downloads or upgrades or whatever just I mean I know it can be very tempting but if you just already said to yourself okay I only spent 200 that's it I'm not going to spend any more the rest of the year yeah and and the biggest problem with um sorry Inferno Fox, but the, but the biggest problem with that is that's how the, the, that's what they do to get you though is oh hey that and that is my biggest pet peeve and I will I will what what I will get off my soapbox after this that is my biggest pet peeve in any game that has a microtransaction in it. Let's take ESO Online. I don't I I played it for a little while. I didn't run across this, but let's say I was in the red mark and I have to go and I want to, you know, go and explore. Well, if I get to a, uh, an entrance to the black marsh and I don't have the black marsh expansion, here's what you're going to do. You, here's what the games companies do is they put a little pop-up that shows up. Hey, buy our black marsh expansion. Now the option to buy pops up and highlights immediately. What doesn't highlight right away, which takes about five to 10 seconds to highlight, is the no option. Yeah. So you're you're right. I I remember 
hearing about that. That's extremely you... dark pattern software design to do something like that. Like that is textbook yep. anti-user uh, design. <laughs> yep. And there's a lot of times you accidentally hit the button and there's no fail safe. There's no, are you sure? It's just by that's Would the you... problem. And Fortnite gotten a epic gotten a big problem with that is Fernal Fox you sent to us recently. Uh Simba, would you say uh that, that experience with ESO was the most egregious example of like microtransactional or or purchase uh or, or now, have you seen now, something worse? I, I, I think there's a, a small miscommunication. I did I, I, I did say that I didn't notice it in ESO, but for, I was using ESO as an example because of the open world and the fact that they have many different DLCs to buy for many different lands kind of thing. Um, it, I, I, it's, it's you know, seen it before kind of thing where, you know, and uh, there's there's a YouTube channel called Viva La Dirt League. I love them. I don't know if you guys have checked them out, but they have this epic NPC man thing and they do a lot of gaming videos. Um, they're great. So if you have a chance to check them out, but Again, at the same time, like I said, I, I can't say that ESO did it personally, but I know that 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 does happen in games, and that would be very egregious to me not wanting to play your game again. But like uh, personally, uh, for games that you have played, what, what would you say was the worst one that you've seen? The worst one? And maybe, maybe why you think that, uh yeah. storm you you you've been quiet um what would you say is the worst microtransaction would you say the the uh disney blitz one was the worst one that you've seen cuz that sounded pretty crappy that one and then there was oh let me goog the name um there was a walking dead game that i played oh a couple years ago what was it and i remember you was it mobile or console it, it was mobile you had to um like you could buy upgrades for your characters and things so it wasn't just skins you could buy these ultimate like five blah 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 so it was kind of turn-based rpg ish where you'd have certain attacks you would have to do and then you had factions you could join well those people then who could afford to buy all the upgrades became unbeatable and that just turned me off from the game and i did buy one or two upgrades they got me but it was like an it was a treat that is how i would tell people to treat these things as like a reward for something instead of okay if it's 20 bucks on fake money for a skin in fortnite I remind myself that I have no problem going to Starbucks or something and buying a $7 coffee that is going to last one time. You know, where the $20 in Fortnite, I get a skin I'm going to use several times. Whatever. So that's how I would handle it. But yeah, that game, it just became stupid. And I just got, I got out of it. On top of the factions demanding that you play and getting mad that you had a real life and weren't there to play at like eight o'clock on a Saturday night because I wanted wanted to go see my friend's band. That's all I got to say. So well, you don't have a friend and you know, and he doesn't have a band anymore. That's just how it works. The right. fact that the the games take your life and that that's something that's it. There's it there right there. I will tell you this, Storm. I, I you didn't mention it, but I want to say this. 
if you play a game that has factions, any sort of user-based factions, for the love of God, if you want to stay away from spending a ton of money and going going big, don't join any of their factions. Pay attention yeah. to the faction descriptions because if they say casual um, or, you know, you know, like basically any form of like a synonym for casual, those are the kind of factions you want to join because they're mm-hmm. not the, if you see anything, it's like hardcore and, you know, 90% of your top like thousand factions in any mobile game or any console game, you are going to have to pay to stay. Yep. And you notice that nearly all of these, nearly all of the microtransactional things that we've mentioned ha- have a, some sort of like social element to it. Pay, paying and to, to stay in these factions, to, to pay to win, pay to be able, even be able to stay with the other players, like with the the NBA 2K example that you gave, or even Keep up with the meta in mm-hmm. games like Hearthstone and really ultimately a lot of these competitive games, yeah. Yep, it, 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 and then even like Fork Knife, where I remember it being a thing where yeah, you, you can you can play and, you, and you'll look like a noob if you use the default skin, <laughs> and, and there's that so, so, like societal social pressure for you to have the cool skins and everything like that. Of course, all of us here we're we're, we're not in junior high or high school, so we don't feel that that pressure the, the same way, but it's there for the 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 kids and young adults that that are playing games like Fork Knife, where you could you you spend the money to get the skins and everything like that. Um, uh, Astromedes, what was the one that you would say? Oh, no, I'm, let me switch back to Simbu. Simbu, uh, I, I moved to Storm real quick because you were, I, I think you were trying to remember something or Google something. Did you find the answer on that? Or I would say any any game and the mo- 90% of the egreg- egregious things that I noticed for microtransactions and and personal issues anything you play on mobile anything you play on mobile (laughs) i don't care what it is candy crush blitz you know bejeweled disney emoji emoji blitz um diablo immortal i don't i don't care you know except for horde lord because i i spent a little bit of time with uh horde lord on a a super secret beta test uh for astromedes um and fortunately it didn't pop up telling me that i had to pay him any money because otherwise i i would you know be calling for his head on this podcast um (laughs) that's why we charge a dollar and no one bought it instead (laughs) (laughs) but i would say anything anytime that you play a, a a mobile game and it's let's take emoji blitz for instance uh or bejeweled or candy crush because it's a it's a round based thing. So you play the game for two minutes, and then your rounds over or a minute, whatever. Your rounds over. Now you get your rewards for playing the round. Well, to get double the rewards, you either you have to watch an ad, or you don't even get double the rewards. You just have to watch an ad to claim your rewards. And if you want to, and guess what? It guess what they all say. Click here to go ad free. Mm-hmm. Buy our subscription for one month for one month on Google Play Store for five ninety nine, and you'll be ad free. You know what I I will say is not a terrible approach is if you if you make a freemium game that 
you have ads in, but you have a one-time fee option to turn the ads off. Because I think that's actually modeling then basically, look, the developers need to make money. It's We're now giving you the choice for how you want to give us a reasonable amount of money. Either and, uh, soak uh, up these ads with your eyeballs or pay us a little money. A <laughs> uh, perfect example of it, um, and it's one that I use, uh, it's called Meme Generator. Uh, and it's a one-time thing, as last I knew. It's a one-time like $5 fee to permanently remove ads from it. But at the same time, the ads are only like two, three seconds. And I'm not, you know, I'm making memes. I'm not, you know, trying to get to the next level. I, I make, a, I think it's something funny. I make it and then eh, I can wait a couple seconds for the little X to pop up to tell it no. Because of course the, you know, the devs are still making money from the ad content by the ad being played. Um, and, and kind of getting to, as we're rounding out the discussion here, uh, getting to, some of some of the games that that we play and love that are near and dear to us, but have microtransactions, and that sucks. Uh, and Storm, you had mentioned about how you you sometimes buy something, and it and you know it's a it's a treat. Um, yep. How often would you say you buy uh, items from Forkknife? It oh well, besides the monthly battle pass, um, or not whenever the battle pass comes out, and right now I'm part of the Fortnite crew, which gives you. A monthly skin and a thousand V bucks and access to one other game to play. Um, oh, it it honestly depends because I, if there's a skin that I really want, then I'll get it. So that's maybe a a rough estimate of one to. I don't know. I honestly don't know how to or what kind of time that I would put into it because it is so rare for me to spend anything on any other game besides Fortnite. So it depends on what they have in the store when it's available. And if I have the money to do it, to buy the V bucks, because, you know, if I don't, I don't, it, it's nothing that's ever broke me, but if there's something I really want I make sure that I get it. So, um, I, I think the, uh, uh good answer for anybody for Fortnite, uh for me uh, for people like me jason the 13th and storm here um is what collab and when is it coming out um you know i follow a couple uh fortnite leakers um and i know i sent it to our offline group chat our Fortnite chat offline um you know and of course they get they're good about leaking upcoming collabs so usually if there's something that i know will interest like storm or jason the 13th or just the group in general like i'll send it to the the, the chat and we usually have storm what a few weeks maybe a month or so before the collab generally hits because it usually mm -hmm. gets leaked early like yep. really early and then you know we can prep and uh prep for you know hey terminator arnold the arnold schwarzenegger terminator is coming you know in the next couple in the next within the next three weeks well we want you know storm wants that so what's she gonna do she's going to prep her her savings and prep her money and prep that she has the v bucks for when he comes out and then she's yep. gonna buy him and so so how you you follow that model too of course and it 
how often do you find yourself buying from Fork Knife, Simbu? When I first started playing four years ago, I spent a lot more, way, uh, way more than I did now, only because there was so much content and so many skins that had nostalgia to me, you know, that I really enjoyed or that, you know, I really thought were really, really cool. Now, as the game goes on, it, it's become a thing where I don't have to spend as much anymore because I have pretty much all the stuff that I want. Now it's just waiting for the next collaboration to come out. You know, like if TMNT drops into Fortnite, which because they I've already been in Fall Guys and that's an epic property, you know, so it's possible they could come to Fortnite. It's not it's it's not out of the you know the realm of possibilities, but you know. And of course, it all depends on the price. Like I know for the turtles in Street Fighter Six, they're like fifteen bucks a turtle. That's yeah, so, and, and it's stupid to get because all four it, turtles. It's not even the it, same price as the game, and it's yeah, not even stupid. an actual uh, character. They're skins that get put costumes that get put over your character that you create. Right, and it's not like they give a, a special move set or anything nope. either. As far as I know, I could be wrong. So if you you know more than I or more, you know, if you know something Inferno Fox may not, place it in the comments below, please. Educate us. We are always open for education on topics we may not know. Um, but again, if I want all four turtles, I got to spend another sixty dollars plus tax. So I got to pay. I got to buy the game a second time. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. Ninja turtles. That's another good example of an egregious cost for. Uh, a particular DLC package, especially when the, as I said, the start of all this, the horse armor was two and a half bucks, but in just kind of, kind of rounding out the the discussion here, it, it's, I feel like microtransactions obviously are, are the device that companies are using and I will continue to use until the, the end of time or until video games are no longer a thing to, to be able to penny pinch and, uh, get more money as much as they can, kind of like the the whole unity thing, trying to penny pinch and get as much money as they can. And it's a thing where you know you just you got to be smart with your money. And I personally feel like money is better better more spent on physical things, even if it's physical copies of games, or even if you're buying the five buck five dollar coffee a day. Because remember, five dollars a day every day that's about eighteen hundred dollars a year. That's still not even near enough to being a down payment for a house. So don't feel guilty if your your five dollar coffee exactly. is something that that helps helps you get through the day. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but, there is one thing I want to mention, and they bring it up in the in the movie Ready Player One. Um, it's one it's one line where they're talking. It's the evil corporation, Megacorp, or whatever they they call themselves. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But he brings up we can sell up to X amount percentage of a player's visual field without inducing seizures with ads. And of course, to get the ads away, guess what? You got to spend and pay for their subscription money. So when VR becomes a thing, oh, mm-hmm. I'm very worried. And and just, and just wait, because we're going to be touching upon VR on a future topic. Um, it, it'll be kind of a outsider's perspective because none of us have any experience with VR, so we can't say for sure, but VR has always been something that has been always on the periphery trying to break in, but has just never been able to do it. Unfortunately, microtransactions 
isn't the case. But I just want to go ahead and thank everybody as well as the audience for, for joining and listening. And you, of course, can catch us here on YouTube for the live video, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, just a pr quick preview. This Saturday, I've got a review coming up for The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 1. It's a game that came out a decade ago. I finally got into it. And these games, there's four in this series, but the larger saga, I want to say it's like six, uh, I'm sorry, 10 or 11 total. Each one is anywhere from 40 to 60 hours. And holy crap, that is a lot of time. Um it's a J it's a turn-based JRPG, so it's right up my alley. So feel free to join me when that premieres this Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, but for, first and foremost, again, a huge thank you to my wonderful cast and crew. Jamie Ells, thank you so much for joining us. She, of course, is my partner in crime. Thank you. Storm Rose Sky, you can catch her at the Twitch and YouTube channels of uh, Storm Rose Sky. Storm, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been fun and informative, even if quiet for me this evening. But hey, Aww. some opinions there. You know. No, th thank you so much. And uh, we're, we're all learning a lot of stuff together. Uh, Astromedes, you, uh, of course, can find him with Second Place Games, both as a developer and co-owner. Astromedes, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Time to go dream up some gross microtransactions for my games. Because remember, you can have a, a gem-related system to where there's a button that they press to clear the screen, but the first three are free. Buy another set for $5 or 10 for for 10 Simbu Dark Fan, 10 for $11. So yep. <laughs> uh, Simbu, you can find at the Basement of the Dead. That's located in Aurora, Illinois. So if you're in the Chicagoland area and you want a hauntingly good time, their opening night is going to be this Friday, September 22nd. But Simbu, thank you again for joining us. It's always fun because apparently you guys are the only ones that actually want to hear me talk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Simbu's referring to, of course, the the six of us as a group and the hundreds of thousands of you out in internet uh, listening podcast land. And again, big thank you to all of you as well. And uh, we hope you have a great day.